0: Hi there, this is Will Green. This is the first Channel Islands business podcast. So, what's on the show? The B word and the F word. B as in Brexit and F as in fish. So, who's on the show? Guernsey's Chief Minister Gavin St-Pierre is talking about Brexit. And yes, fish do come up. Plus, I have a chat with leading economist Martin Beck from the EY Item Club. In particular, whether Boris Brexit bounce is good news for the Channel Islands. First up is Gavin St-Pierre, happy listening.
1: The reality is nothing will change on the 31st other than the UK will have formally and legally left the, the European Union. And what will then begin is the real battle, which will be the negotiation of the future relationship between the UK and the EU. And I think the way I've described it is, for the last three and a half years we've been in the phony war, the next 11 months is going to be the real war. Um, And that's going to be the the challenge for us is going to be um, protecting and promoting our interests in that period. And my concern is that what I don't want to emerge at the end of the year is that actually we uh, end up with more obligations um, uh, at the end of this process than we had at the beginning. In other words, the United Kingdom will be saying we are willing to take on some obligations in order to to, to obtain market access, for example. but actually some of those obligations may be things that we,
0: as a community, are not willing to take on. Here Deputy St-Pierre is talking about the importance of a proportionate agreement when it comes to guarantee. We need to be driving
1: um, an agreement which is uh, uh, proportionate, uh, pragmatic, um, it's fair, it recognises the size of, size of the, the community, it recognises we're an island, it recognises the, the, the nature of our economy. So those are, the, those are going to be the key priorities for us.
0: And here we start talking about the fish. Uh, time is short to negotiate this deal,
1: as I think everybody recognises. Um, in fact, the, uh, the, the agreements that are currently in place expect that the, the, there should be a fishing agreement negotiated by the middle of the year. So in effect, effectively, June, July becomes one deadline. Um, and of course, that's right in the middle of our own uh, election and change of government. So you know, that's one reason why we've had to put in governance arrangements that are capable of straddling that election period. So that actually, if we do need to react and make decisions at speed, they're not going to be hampered by the fact that we're in this transition period ourselves. Because um, it is going to be really important that we are able to continue to present a, um, a, a positive uh, and an engaging uh, relationship with the UK, um, but also one that's stable. And I think that's been the great virtue over the last three years is that we've been able to uh, present this um, uh, th- this uh, image of stability in this very unstable world and now of course what's changed is the Uni- United Kingdom has gone from being very unstable to now having a stable majority government uh, and uh, it would be a tragedy if we were to, to go the other way um, uh, as, as we, we, imp- we go through the, the changing government to our end.
0: In this next session, Gavin brings together that need for proportionality and fishing being a classic example of this.
1: Fishing uh, is a has a dis- disproportionately uh, disproportionate power to disrupt, I think, uh, relative to its its economic importance. But I think that, as you say, is for you know cultural and historical reasons in not, not just our community but other fishing communities around. Um, uh, around the coast of the United Kingdom and indeed France so I I think that is the the you know the reality Um, I think in an ideal world I think probably regional fishermen would like to sit down with each other in order to agree a regional settlement unfortunately um, that is is encumbered by the fact that um, uh, under EU law, uh, fisheries management of course is, a, is an EU competence, not a national competence and certainly not a regional competence. So, you know, I think that's, whilst we can come to some, you know, I suspect we'll probably come to some practical arrangements quite quickly with uh, the Norman uh, fishermen. Um, say so you, you've got to overlay the fact that Paris themselves are, are as a national government, are constrained by, by the um, relationship with the EU. So, again, it's a difficult one to see exactly where this is going to to land. Um, but I think uh, the priority, clearly, from our perspective, is is the the starting point is is we have a small artisanal fleet. We are not. We don't have big commercial fishery vessels um, that are being talked about really in the rest of the fishing relationship between the UK and the EU. So this is a classic example where actually the solution needs to be proportionate and relevant to our local communities and not, not you know, part, part of some UK-EU um, uh, solution which, which is you know, simply not
0: um, appropriate. Guernsey will be deeply embedded in the process around the negotiations, according to Deputy St-Pierre.
1: Sort of row back to to the constitutional relationship and the fundamental responsibility of of the Crown acting through Her Majesty's Government to represent our interests, even where those differ from the UK's own interests. Um, so yes, I mean I think the you know, the formal negotiation of, of these matters in, in, international on our behalf is is of course you know ultimately a, a responsibility for. Her Majesty's government on behalf of the crown but uh, you know the, the practical reality is 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 you know we will be deeply embedded in that process um, so um, you know, i think perhaps one of the great um, advance, advances over the last three years through this process is is we have become m- much more embedded in um, into the uk central government's thinking in relation to all brexit related issues i mean the very fact that we have senior officials um, in the Cabinet Office every other week as part of a contact group is a, you know, it it has to be a unique advantage for a community of 63,000 anywhere in the British Isles. I don't think anywhere in the British Isles Mm. will have that level of of access. Mm. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that every issue is going to get resolved our way as as a result of that access, but it certainly gives us the best chance of being able to ensure that we can clearly articulate and, and represent our interests um uh, given uh, given that position.
0: according to Deputy St Pierre, Guernsey already has some big advantages over the UK.
1: Financial services uh, you know we are already a third country for financial services. We already have a data protection adequacy ruling out of the EU which the UK does not have and the UK is going to need in terms of being able to to have the free flow of data between the UK and the EU. So, you know, we already have some significant advantages over the UK uh, in this process already. Um, But in terms of the the fundamental part of your question, um, is it good or bad? I think the reality is is we
0: don't know Um, and I think nobody knows. negotiation lines could become clearer over the next few weeks involving the UK, EU, and indeed the US as well.
1: I think over the next few weeks we will start to get some clarity as to what the the government's objectives are, and indeed of course what the EU's negotiating objectives will be as well, Um, so that will then give us a better uh, chance to start planning our own response in order to achieve our own objectives.
0: And what about this so-called Boris Brexit bounce? Could it be good news for the Channel Islands? Here's Martin Beck.
1: I, mean, I think it would do. I mean, given the linkages between the, the Channel Islands and the UK economy, given the, the flows of trade and the, and, the, and the flows of finance between the two parties, I think uh, uh, the possibility of a a better performance from the UK economy this year could be good news for the Channel Islands Um, and I think a more stable more amicable relationship with the EU post-Brexit if we we can get that trade deal negotiated then that, that could also deliver some upsides for the Channel Islands.
0: Well that's just about it for this edition of the Channel Islands Business Podcast we hope you've enjoyed listening and look forward to your company again soon.